0: You're an all-star, get your game on, go play, hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid,
1: and all that is going. only
0: shooting stars, break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast, this is Barnsley, back for another week of Supercoach goodness, here with Billy once again.
1: Slipped up an extra couple thousand spots, but not... Uh, destroyed the week with a captain on turbo, mate, and bringing in Moylan, so yeah. about about a about 1,000 flat, I think, so up a little bit, but not too much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a decent week, but um, I was pretty happy with my trade-ins and stuff. My MILF, my MILF um, risk went quite well um, in the end with his 75 points. Yeah. How did it
1: half a hard time?
0: Uh, look, I think that I said, anybody who brought up MILF and asked the question, I was like, look, I like it, it's a um it's a ballsy one, but it's a it's a pretty good pod play that could pay off because of his draw and stuff. I like him for this weekend, but be prepared for him to go badly. And if he does, you know, that's that's the whole risk out of the risk reward part of it. So I was well prepared at half time and, you know, he was on twenty something, so I thought, Oh well, that's you know, that's okay for him and he's the sort of guy that can do, you know, a thirty or forty
1: point run and of course he did that, so He's, he's my Peggy Bundy, mate, soul-destroying, life-sucking slug, never again. <laughs> Threw up, like, an
0: 11.40-odd, and um, I ended up going okay. And that was with Gutho getting a zero for me as well, so I was spewing that I didn't hit 1,200s because um, bloody Gutho with the, the HIA three minutes in kind of ruined that, but otherwise, not a bad week.
1: Yeah, I'm happy for you.
0: Well. <laughs> well, I've actually been deciding, uh, and someone was asking me about this uh, last week, um, I've actually been deciding in the last few weeks on whether I'm going to be head-to-head or um, try and still play the overall for goals and stuff that I want to kick for this season for overall. And it's a pretty hard one because it's it's hard now at this point of the season. Like You're probably the same, Billy, where you're having a look at your head-to-head money matchups and going, well, I'm needing to make changes. In the last few weeks, I've made changes based on my head-to-head stuff because I'm in some you know $200 head-to-head um, comps and stuff that I obviously want to m- make the finals for and win, hopefully. And I've made those changes to the detriment of my overall as well. So, yeah, it's it's pretty hard to juggle both. So, I am sort of in that decision process the last couple of weeks on focusing maybe more on head to head than overall.
1: Yeah, I go on that same route myself, or I was. Um, I kind of figured about four weeks ago I'm out of the hunt for overall, but I still wanted to see how I, how I could buy. I how high I could go, but um yeah, I had a look at my head to head line up and I thought, Look, I'm behind. Focus on a couple of wins here, come up there, just make the finals and mate, I went into that buy round with what, fourteen players and everyone's scoring 400, 400 500. I thought, sweet, my 1100 I'll kill this. The one bloke in the league that scores at four hundred, guess who plays him? Me. <laughs> 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 Always <laughs> way. Mate, I can't even win I, I c I can't even head the head in the buy round with with the overall team. So I'm um, done, mate. Stick a fork in this, but I'll, I'll just keep climbing and just try and get into that top sort of six or seven hundred. I think, and then I'll do
0: Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty greedy. I still want to, I still want to be a top one thousand team whilst focusing on head to head. So that'll be sort of my floor and what I aim for. Um, but we'll see how we go. So speaking about the buys, um, no mailbag this week because we're going into a big buy planning segment, which will take up most of the pod. Um, and we'll be going through heaps of that, some of the questions that have been asked in the previous few weeks in regards to Round 16. Uh, We'll kind of hit on that and a lot of other info looking at the Round 16 buy, and then we'll be going for our TLT review as always. So first up, Billy, Round 16, it's not too far away. Uh, How many are you planning on fielding? What do you think the magic number is for Round 16 if you do want to compete in it?
1: Uh, I was planning on 17, and then it became... 12 and then 10 and then I think I'm at five at the moment uh, 10s probably a really good number for um, this bike giving the, the lack of quality on um, that's available and the fact that you're able to rip, you, rip your side apart um, an extra three players could only get you sort of you know your 90 points and that's probably not worth it at this um, at the tail end of the season mate it's probably good after just getting a couple of, couple of quality guys in there and making sure you get the right cc options for the games before and after it
0: I'm pretty similar. Um, but I, I sort of think that twelve's your ideal number if you're a team that wants to compete reasonably well overall. Uh, I like 12 as a number. I'm a lot higher on the buy for round 16 now than what I was a month ago or when I was planning from round 12 when I had a bit of a peak ahead. I do think that a few players have sort of risen um, and having a look at it, I reckon that there is seven to eight legit keepers level sort of guys um, that you can get in. And have them for the run home and then there's some fringe guys as well so i don't think it's as dire as maybe what it looked like before but i guess some of that's personal preference as well
1: yeah look i think everyone will have defeated the cora um cherry and and a couple of other common denominators um there to start with so look everyone's going to have the same five so it's a matter of just picking up an extra one or two in the next couple of weeks like your TKOs and that that's those sort that's sort of sort of seven. And then I suppose you have the four trains at your disposal um just to see what you can do.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna go into the top thirteen players based on averages plus their alternates backing up those top thirteen positions. A couple of things with this. The first one is I've left out Lodge and Madison because I think that both of those guys are pretty high probability of being picked and Maddo almost certainly will get picture origin now to play, I would think. And there's a few probably, you know, criteria that I go through when I'm having a look at it as well. So a few of them are, for me, Billy, I think you've got a plan. I think that if possible, you get guys that you can keep for the run home, being it's round 16. Uh, look at the rest of the season's draw as well. So there's teams uh, like the Roosters, for example, I really like their run home as far as their draw goes. So some guys who are maybe fringe or you're not sure about, uh, if you know, you can have a look at the draw from sort of 16 onwards, that'll probably separate a lot of them. And if you're getting guys um, that you're going to trade out later and that you're not going to keep, try and get guys with a negative or low BE because you're going to want to be able to flip them out pretty quickly. And I'd probably want to get those guys in for a couple of rises. So if you can get those guys in this week, um, rather than right around 16, that's probably going to be better for you. Um, have you got any other sort of um, you know, criteria that you look at that you think to add to that, Billy?
1: No, I'm just looking at draw and trying to maximise points just before and just after it. Um, so, for example, a conundrum for me might be, look, I got cussed. I um, want to make the absolute most of the can out of him because he's scoring a try and getting a line-break assist per game to keep that score. Also want to try and get in uh, uh, Johnson at the right time. But, you know... Um, I think a couple of rounds from now, Jono plays the dogs away when um, Cuss still has another price rise. he's playing the Titans away, so it's kind of you've got to make those decisions Do you switch then and hope for a large for a large score, or you or do you just ride it out and just try and get every doll that you can.
0: Um, 100%, mate. So let's jump into the top 13 first on averages and have a bit of a look at those guys. The first position is Hooker. Uh, and this one's a pretty easy one. So there's a few guys that, that project projectors' definite keepers that are far and away um, keepers, and one of those is Cam Smith. Cam Smith is a hooker that's averaging 66.9 points a game at the moment. Uh, he has been going quite well. He had a big game on the weekend, and realistically, I think that he's probably the second hooker that you can run with for the run home. Um, but there is another option. Um, I I tend to like Cam Smith because of his upside. Um, So on the weekend, he got 81 points. Four games ago, he got 103. Um, So he's the number one guy based on averages for round 16. He's priced at 590k. Um, His BE's um, just below 50. So now's not a bad time to get him, although you could wait a week. But the other one that's the alternate, if you don't want him, is a guy that's only one point a game less and that is your friend, Cam McInnes. He's at 65.9 points a game, Uh, and I mentioned last week that you did well to sort of pick him up. He had a poor game on the weekend of only 46 points, Um, but they're the two top hookers at the moment. I'm going Cam Smith, but I know that you traded McInnes in last week, so is that an admission that you sort of think that he's a better guy to have?
1: No, I changed it at the last minute. I decided to go with um, uh, Turbo and... um Moylan instead, so although McKinnis 46 for trash, I got 21 for Moylan instead, so I'm stoked. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think um, McKinnis is still a great option. I think last week was an anomaly. Um, they destroyed the Bulldog, so it wasn't much game through the middle. Um, I think he was only on 20 points at time, something or other, which probably lines up. The fact that they scored man, six tries um, oh, um, go, going out to the wings, mate, probably says it all. I think Smith probably... Um, so Smith has that kicking advantage you know he's going to score more through the, throughout the buys Smith is probably a safer option but um, yeah I wouldn't begrudge anyone getting getting McInnes mate he just has a good draw between now and then but um, I would have thought he would have scored more against the Bulldogs so maybe draw isn't the be all end all for all guys.
0: yeah and look if you had if you were a team that had 20 plus trades particularly like 22 23 trades which there's not going to be too many teams around that are like that but if you were and you wanted to hit round 16 hard um, if you're planning on having sixteen or seventeen, you could very well go to the dual hooker um, and sort of do a, a trade in and trade out of, say, Ken McInnes with Damian Cook, um, and try and do that. I wouldn't. I'm not going to do that myself. I'm not that hardcore on round sixteen.
1: Yeah, um, you could. Be, you could also also to take the the cash out option as well. I mean, you've got a guy like um, uh, Kurt Mann who's got, who's going going back to uh, a five eight. Who's, who's, He's gonna have a pretty much a full strength team and no ponder in there. So if you didn't want to go full strength you you could go like, go a bloke like him and then flick him back to centre street corner as a backup and and bring um, bring Cook in after um, after wires too So it was both ends of the both ends of the string for
0: Yep. So let's move on to the front row forwards. Here we have Andrew Fafida, and Fafida is the second best averaging player for round sixteen at the moment. And takiaho from the Roosters at 62.8. So Fafita's average of 68.1 is really good. Um, I said that I thought he was the best trade-in for last week. Uh, obviously, he went gangbusters, um, scored a try, like you mentioned, that was going to happen against the Eels because he was a front row 91 points. Um, and I don't think that there's... There's not too many must-haves for round 13, and certainly most of this team that we're going to go through You could leave out half of these top-scoring guys on averages and get others, and you'll be okay. Uh, But I I think Andrew is pretty much a must-have for round 16. If you want to play that seriously, get him in. And even if you don't want to play that seriously and you're overall, at 580k at the moment with a B, of 43, coming off a 91, uh, you've got to get him for the run
1: home in your front row forward, surely. Well, 100%, mate. If you don't have him already, you've just got to do it.
0: Uh um, is an interesting one to partner with him. Takiyaho is uh, a dual front row forward, second row forward, and we mentioned him last week. He's gone a little bit under the radar, um, but I really like him. Um, this is one of the fringe guys that I mentioned, where you know I can see seven or eight keepers, and then I can see a few fringe guys as well that I'm happy to keep. I'm probably going to be happy to keep Takiyaho in my team um, because he's a dual front row, second row forward, and he's been doing really well, averaging 62.8 a game. His last two outings, he scored 62 and 73, and realistically, he's only got uh, three poor games since round one, and one of them he was injured in. His PPM is 1.21 for this season so far, and that's higher than what he's done any other time previously. It's always been between 0.96 and 1.09. Um, and being a Brewsters fan, mate, watching it, you know, he's got a 49 in just base, but I think he had an ACL injury and I think that it took him, you know, an extra season back on the park to get past the ACL. And then on top of that as well, he he got put up from lock to um, the front row spot. Now, a, a lot of people obviously know that those are middle forward spots, but I think that he wasn't used to playing the type of prop rotation role that, um, that Robbo wanted him to. Now this season, he's really come on leaps and bounds and i I really really like him 509k is reasonably cheap and he's still not heavily owned even though he's one of the more trading players this week.
1: Yeah mate, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um I someone mentioned him a little bit earlier and I just went and had a quick look and chucked the numbers up. If you take his that uh injury game where he only played twenty one minutes out and if you take the first game of the season out where he only played forty minutes, fair forward's coming back from um uh, from the off season getting a bit of match fitness and playing in uh, the forty degree heat. If you take that that first game out and you take the um the injury game out, he's averaging exactly the same as um as Payne Haas, seventy one, so that was without that's that's without goal kicking as well. He's going to get the goal kicking the um, the week matches at Origin three, so you probably add an extra six points there. Although last week he had negative four, two misses. So if he um, yeah, he only scored sixty two last week and that was with minus four points, so last week he would have scored sixty six mm. just to pretty much base. Yeah, I don't see how you can leave him out. Great option. Yep. Yeah, he's giving you sixty two just walking out in the park, and uh, with uh, I think he's doing sort of. He's not doing 40 tackles and 20 hit-ups. He seems to be doing about, you know, sort of 25 to 30 hit-ups and 25 to 30 tackles. So he's giving you that sort of 55 um, uh, base and then throwing a couple a couple of um, uh, offloads in there. So the, um, the meat and potatoes is around 60 and the gravy is sort of any sort of line breaks or tries that he gets above, um, above 60.
0: Yeah, and he's, his minutes have gone up this year as well, which is the other thing. Um, so again, with the ACL injury, I think that they couldn't play him too many minutes. In 2017, he only had the 15 games um, and he only played 44 minutes a game. Then last year, um, which is real season back from injury, um, and he played 46 minutes a game, he's up to 52 minutes a game now. Um, and that's the big reason why he's doing a lot better as well. In, in taking out that injury game, uh, you know, in the last month of football without that injury game, he's actually averaging um, almost 64 minutes a game. So that's a massive deal for Takeahoe, and it's something that's probably going to continue. They've got Jared out at the moment as well. Uh, they're going to be light on Fords over the origin period in particular, and they've got a great draw coming up as well, which would be great if he goal kicked for some of that as well. So um, he's still going to be a pot at the moment, under 10%. Probably a few more are going to trade him in, but he's still going to be pretty close to it. So great one for front row forward. What, a couple of the alternates for the front row forward spot, realistically there's probably only one, and that's Alex Twal. Um, So 12's doing just under 58 points a game. He's someone who's dropped off a little bit. Um, I would have been probably six weeks ago really keen on 12 for round 16. And he was punching up, you know, huge base stats. Um, You know, he had a base of 71 points pure raw base for a round five game, which is massive. And he had some other ones that were 66 and 63. But the last sort of month of football, um, he's sort of been a 52 point guy the last four games that he's played, and his base has been down to kind of um, 50s, and that's sort of all he's been giving. So I'm not too sure what to make of it. He's only 475k, though, and if you can get back to his earlier season form, he's definitely a good option. Hardly punching anything over 60s, mate. At the moment, he's a little bit low, but he's the third guy. Let's move on to the secondary forwards, though, because this becomes and eh, a bit more complicated. Kenny Bromwich is surprisingly the number one second row forward if you look at averages. He's had a much better season than anyone would have given him credit for. 61.9 points a game at the moment. So he's the only one that's a legit 60-plus guy in the second row forward spot. Gone two weeks now, though, with 49 points against the Warriors and 49 points against the Bulldogs. And that's in 80 and 71 minutes still. So I said a couple of weeks ago I'm a little bit scared to K Brom just because it's K Brom, I, I don't know if I could bring myself to do it, but it could be a ballsy pod move to do it. He's he's come back down to earth the last couple of weeks and been sort of more of the bumish K Brom that I thought he would be. Five hundred fifty-one thousand Billy eighty-four BE. I actually think that I'm going to go in another direction, even though the stats say that he's the highest averaging second row forward for the season for round sixteen.
1: Yeah, that's sort of price. He's going to be your um, guaranteed sort of 50, 50 point floor. And who does who did do the storm play in Byron?
0: Uh, the buy round they've got the
1: dragons. Yeah, they'll probably they'll dragons will probably will probably be full strength too. Yeah, this is a fifty-fifty call. It's, it's, this is one of those players that you think, yeah, I'm not going to get him because I'm only going to miss maybe fifty fifty points, and I take the risk of a try. But if you don't get it, and he goes over for a try, or in the worst case a double, you're the one boat that doesn't own the boat that's scoring ninety and pushes away behind. So this is one of those fifty-fifty calls. Uh, those in the tops of the hundred have to make for them themselves. Um, I'd be concerned about not earning him, but if you can patch a hole elsewhere, then, then, then great.
0: Yeah, I'm not concerned for myself. K brom can get stuffed. Um,
1: he's he's only got two tries
0: on the year. He's hit some other attack and stuff, but I think that we've seen the last couple of weeks what he's capable of against the the dogs and the warriors. I mean, those are ample opportunities to score well, um,
1: and he didn't do like it. Like you said, if he's only got a base of um fifty of odd points. Uh, and you're concerned about not owning a um an edge from the storm that week, Mate, you could you could do worse than pick than pick like a bottomed up booney or um someone just filling in for a car and, on the left win and hope they sort of jag that try. So you probably get someone sort of half half that price to fill in from the same team and hope they hope they um try mm-hmm. time in on those attacking stats.
0: Yeah, and I think that the three guys that we've spoken about prior to getting the second row forward spot in Smith Fafida and Tapiaho are guys that you can genuinely keep for the run home. I'd be pretty worried keeping K-Brom. The next guy on the list in the second row forward slot is at 59.9 points a game. So I'm probably being a little bit mean saying that um, K-Brom's the only one averaging 60. Tohu Harris is the second best option based on averages. Now, I know that you're pretty down on Tohu Harris, Billy. You said last week you're not really that interested in him. Um, He's obviously been better in the past. The Warriors aren't doing that well. He comes in with a 49 BE this week. He's only 495k, so he is a fair bit cheaper than K Brom. And even though it's not that exciting, he's punched out a 56 and 58 the last couple of weeks. And I would say probably the Warriors are a team that has a pretty reasonable draw um, over the next couple of months of footy as well. So, I mean, people that are looking for an option, is Toby someone that you think that you should be putting in your second row for your 16 team?
1: Oh, he can give you 60 points. Um, He just seems to be the bloke that will give you a 60 staple as opposed to a a K-1 kind of 50. Looking at the numbers a lot closer, out of, what, 10-odd scores there, he's got, how many does he have over 61, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6? Half of them are over 60. The other couple are 58, 56. And the ones that are over 60, they're decent 60s. 64, 69, 67, 82, 83. So, look, if I had to choose between him and K-Ron, I'd probably go Harris, knowing that Harris is one of the guys who can lead lead that team.
0: Yeah, I'd go Harris as well. And Harris is very pod-like. He's only in 3% of teams. For Tohu Harris, is unusual. He's normally higher end than that. So I think he's sneaking a little bit under the radar. And I think you're right about your analysis on his points. He's only got two real poor games all year, and that was 34 in round 10, and he's 38 against Manly in round 3. Now, other than that, he yeah. had a 47. So he's only got three games that are under 50 points and they've all been sort of mid-50s as well. So he's actually done quite consistent.
1: Yeah, I just can't remember. I know he filled in the, in the halves at some point. I don't, so he's got one game where he's listed at seven, but um, I can't remember if there was a game or two where he played 5-8, uh, but he's actually listed at 12. Um, maybe I'm talking out my ass. but um, do you recall any of, any of his earlier scores being, being affected by changing positions or moving out to the centres?
0: Not his early ones. Um, he did play in the number seven jersey against the Storm in round seven. Uh, And the two games after that, he had pretty bulk um, assist stats. But he's only got those three games, really, between seven and nine, where he had adverse clutch attack stats.
1: Yeah, and he scored over 67, 67 is... He scored over 67, one, two, three, four times, and there's a fifth time he was on sixty-four after sixty-five minutes. So he would have had five out of all those games over sixty-seven. So decent strike rate. Right? I'd probably be inclined to give him a, give him more of a um, more of a shout than I gave him credit for last time.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Another guy that's um, been a popular underground buy the last couple of weeks has been Mitch Barnett at the Newcastle Knights. He actually projects as the third best a uh, guy to get in your secondary forward for 16. He's at 58 points on the dot for an average for this season. He's priced at only 526000 with a 45 BE. He is coming up against a Storm this week, so he's a guy that you probably want to wait on um, since the Storm opposition score so low. But the big change for him is the first month of football, he only averaged around 40 minutes a game. And then from round five to now, he's basically averaged like 75 points a game and, you know, most of those games have been eighty-minute games, and that's the real big difference for him. Last few weeks, he scored sixty-four, sixty-four, eighty-one, and fifty-three. Um, Three-round average in the seventies. He's not looking as bad as what I thought he was going to. How are you feeling about Mitch Barnett?
1: Um, very milkish, Given I bought him last year for this reason, and he didn't—he didn't do any of this. <laughs> um, it, it, it all went to Fitzgibbon last year. It seems like he's just. Uh, Having a leap year, mate. Like he he's skipped, he skipped 2017, gone straight into 2018 with crap, and then started producing what he did the year before. So, yeah, look, I just punched it in those 80 minute games that he's been having. He's averaging 70 70.2 off those six 80 minute games, um, but he scored a try in three of them. So it's that's heavily inflated. But he's an edgy player for Newcastle. They're doing well. You've got to count those in there. So. Um, I'm actually pleasantly surprised with those numbers. I I thought didn't think I didn't think they would be that high. I thought he'd be still low sixties, but seventy average is surprising, mate. So um with a break even of forty five, I'd wait a week to get him.
0: Yeah, he's got a forty five base, um, which isn't too bad considering he's playing on the edge. I guess the concern is that like, you raised it yourself, um, the tries. He on the weekend he scored sixty four points, which is great. But he had um a line break and a try in that. So, you know, he had 27 points from the line break try. Wouldn't have been a good score otherwise. But I guess that's sort of what he's going to do. Fitzgibbon isn't getting any of that on his side. So it looks like Barnett's probably getting um, a bit more of it. And he's a guy that can offload a little bit too. So I'm probably considering Barnett and Tohu ahead of K-Brom at the moment. He was traded in a, a reasonable amount last week. But he's still low owned, And he's probably still going to be just because of name value. He's not going to have the the cachet of like a Tohu Harris um, that resonates with Supercoach players. So he's only in 1% of teams at the moment. So he's an ultimate pod. So if you were really looking at jumping arm, I'd be jumping on Barnett more than anyone as far as second row goes.
1: Yeah, the Knights look so much better too. Um, they're, they're playing well. They're playing with confidence. They're on a the roll. I'd back that team for scoring points as opposed to the uh, the Warriors travelling here and there, mate. So if I had to put those three in order, it would be uh, Barnett, Tohu, then, uh, then Brom.
0: Yeah, I've got exactly the same, mate. So we agree on that one for sure. Um, i tell you what, I'll be leaving out one or two of those guys for one of the alternates, and it's one of your old faves, um, TPJ. And it's not going to be based on his performance because he's only been scoring 55 points a game this year. Um, he's in 11% of teams, so he's almost pod-like, but he's only 465,000. He's got a B of seventy-seven which means he's probably going to be a real reasonable price at 450k or below next week. So he looks like a pretty good trade-in to me as an alternate to some of these other guys if he can fire and be the sort of player that we know he can be. His scores are really unappealing, though. Uh, On the weekend, he scored 53. The the sickening thing about that is that it's actually his best score aside from Round 10 since Round 4 this year, and it was only a 53. So that tells you how poorly he's been going for a lot of the season. Do you think that he can pick it up and we can see more of what we saw of him when he was beast mode a year ago?
1: No, because he tends to do a lot better when he's playing shorter bursts of minutes. So if you think he's gonna do well playing um um sort of sixty, sixty five minutes, um, if um half the Broncos are out for um next bye round. I'm not sure whether he maintains any form or whether he or whether he um he regresses and he scores you know, fifty five points, but um um, I'll tell you what, at at his at his price sort of mate, he's, he's a great buy, that
0: price. Uh, I'm I'm probably gonna buy him next week. His base at the moment's only forty. So he's got a really bad fall. But I think if you're reasonably safe with your other selections, um you can just have a shot in the dark. And he is a guy with, with keeper gun upside. Um you know, he's not there at all this year, but last year he showed glimpses of it. And if you can, you just I guess the important thing with this Billy is it's not a black and white thing where somebody's averaging 60, so they're a gun, and then they're a keeper for the rest of the season. It's very much about jumping on runs and whether someone's going to be a keeper for that run. And at the moment, we're going on an end-of-season run where you're going on um, basically 9 to 10 rounds and what that sample's going to look like. Uh, And their draw's not that bad coming up. So, you know, after he hits the Sharks in round 16, he hits the Warriors and the Bulldogs both at Suncorp, and then he hits the Titans again. And then he's got a tougher one against the storm at home, but then he hits the cows and three consecutive games at home before they finish on the Bulldogs, which are pretty reasonable games against the Panthers, South and East. Yeah, I'm
1: more yeah, I'm more interested in the next sort of four games from what you just said there. Um break even sixty seven this week, so skipping skip him this week, wait wait till he sort of bottoms out next week around sort of four hundred and sixty K. Get it get him in and play him for the two or three games where you know he's going to get um, more minutes through uh, more minutes through the the next buy round. You know he's going to play. You know he's going to start and and get more minutes, or at least in a stay. He's going to be rested and healthy for that um, uh, round seventeen, around eighteen, whatever whatever it is. Post the next buy. I mean, you saw what happened this weekend. Every every man, his dog that played Origin was tired and did you know sort of sub forty scores. Um, you look at a guy like so the penguin Jr. and think, oh, look, he's only going to score me 55 points. At least they're guaranteed 55 points in the round where you've got no idea whether your origin guy's going to back up or even score 40 points. So I think at that price, you just get him back to, to sort of 110, 120 points for two weeks and, and use him as a, as a as a backup or a, um, or a last reserve, if you need to.
0: Yeah, I, I like his attacking upside as well. For him to start off loading at will again, I don't mind him as a as an alternate to the top guys. Fanukin's the other guy, which is a fifty-seven point average. So um, better than TPJ. He's not as good as the starting guys, but there's talk that Fanukin might even make uh, the Origin team. He's only got a three-round average of forty-five, but that's because he's got a seven in there from an injury-affected round against. He scores aside from that: sixty-four, sixty-four, eighty-six, sixty-seven. The month of football, excluding his injury, he's actually been quite good. Um, he's a guy that is only in six percent of teams, but I think you'd be wanting to wait until around sixteen to make sure he's not playing Origin. Um, but if he's not, he's another sort of solid sixties guy um, most of the time when he's on the field that can throw up the meat and potatoes stats and get you some good base.
1: Yeah, the, the meat and potatoes blokes I kind of thought were the ones he actually wanted, but after seeing Tolman punch at forty this week and not do much in the other buy round. I'm starting to think that maybe engineers do, do need a little bit of attack. So someone like that, I'd, I'd probably rather leave and wait for a, a decent edgy or someone like TPJ who can get that offload away and create that extra sort of 20, 25 points in one offload. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, excluding the injury-affected games, he's only gone below 50s twice. And Fanukin's actually got the highest base out of any second-row forward option for round 16 at 50 base. He's got, yeah. he's got the floor, but I, I'm actually... I agree with you, I think there's two camps though Some people want the good floor, other people want to swing for the fences always, I mostly want to swing for the fences, especially in round 16 So I'd rather a guy that can offload and maybe get a try Than, than sort of Dale Fanukin's guaranteed sort of high 50 base
1: Yeah, just, how, just depends how much you want to swing for the fence I mean, if you're going to swing for the fence all season it's no point because you're going to average yourself out But if you're just going to swing for the fence on one or two players Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd pick the one you're doing, he's not the one to do it, I think
0: So, halfback Mitchell Pearce is 60.8 points a game. And that only tells half the story because he threw up only a 30 on the weekend. But before that, he was on a tear averaging um, close to mid-90s in his six-week run that he had, um, which was five men in the match awards in a row. He's 658K with a 97BE. So, playing the Storm this week is going to be a lot cheaper. But assuming he's not playing Origin... He's going to play the Warriors in that round 16 bye, which is quite a juicy matchup, and he's going to follow that up with the Bulldogs afterwards. He's easily the best half-back option that there is, uh, and we've spoken about that before. Yeah, chance of origin, so you definitely need to wait, but you know, there's not many options for half back for round 16, is there, Billy?
1: Oh, yeah, um, and the fact is he threw up that last 30 this week is absolutely gold, because it's just going to bring him back to reality um, a little bit maybe not maybe not much by the look of it. He's still gonna have that eighty nine in the rolling for the next week. So as long as he doesn't punch up a massive time this week, I think he can probably get him for, you know, lows lows sort of six hundreds. But he's um absolutely the premium option for that uh, for that number number seven next buy round. Uh unless he's probably the safer option, um, higher floor, uh good attacking stats with the good draw. The, uh, the swing for the fence bloke is probably your SJ, but I tell you what, he's badly out of form, just coming back from injury, and there's hasn't had a big score for a while, so he, he'd be, uh, he'd be really, really swinging for the fence with him.
0: Yeah, and we're going to talk about SJ a bit later as well. The other thing with it as well is that the halfbacks ended up being a little bit of a, a crappy position for 2019. So Pierce can absolutely be your keeper halfback for the rest of the year. Um, and just have like an alternating piercing-clearer combo in the halves. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So he is a guy where you can trade him in and just leave him, and he's got some good matchups for that run home. And in fact, I'd probably say that Newcastle's run from 16 onwards is up there with the best ones out of anyone. Um, they basically play the Roosters, and that's the only real tough game the rest of the year. It's pretty phenomenal. So we've got the Warriors, Bulldogs... The hard game against the Roosters, and then we've got Tigers, Manly, Eels, Cowboys, Tigers again, Titans, and Penrith with the last game. So if we're, you know, not looking at Manly and Parra as perennial top eight teams, even though they're kind of pushing, they're only playing one t- top eight team from round 16, and top, you know, to round 25 potentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, really, um, really, I don't know, I must add on that, add on that one, I'm just listening to you going, yeah, I agree there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a great run I'm I'm really high on Newcastle's run for the run home And I'm probably going to be having a hard look at Piercy For the eight options though um, Corey Norman is actually the alternate for your halfback options If you wanted to look at someone else But he's a dual eight halfback And he's easily the best eight that there is He's averaging 57 points a game at the moment Obviously was a bit of a pod option at times this year Before he copped his injury he threw up an 80-point game against the Bulldogs, and it did include a try, uh, but he looked pretty good and back in form. Dragons are another team with decent, decent draw coming up. They play Melbourne in round 16, um, but obviously they're going to be a bit affected by Origin as well. Uh, from round 15 to 17, they actually play three home games at win stadium in a row where they've got a good record. 57 points a game, minus 5BE at the moment, 446,000. This is definitely the Corey Norman week if you decide that you want him for round 16.
1: Yeah, I think everyone but this kind of Eels fans will be buying him, mate. Do you, you think
0: that he'll be that popular? I
1: don't think he's going to be that popular either. I was just giving him the the, the, Eels, the Eels right act. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a good option, but I just was there, was there something in particular wrong with him in those those two rounds where he scored 19 and 17? Because I just see those and think, oh, that's the Corey, I don't know, rocks or diamonds. Yeah,
0: basically the thing wrong with him was that he was Corey Norman in those rounds, mate. That was it. But if you have a look at the round after, uh, aside from that, he's, he's got 17 and 19, but he's also got 80, 71, 93, 52, 72, 61 and 48 rounding out the rest of the scores. So you could say that 80% yeah, of the time, he's putting up good points.
1: Yeah, I know. But I would only play him for one round and one round only, maybe two. And I'd be too scared to get one of those 17s or 19s because I'd be filthy if I had to waste a trade on that
0: yeah that's fair enough and, and that is the the problem with norman i he's pro, he's not really going to be much of a keeper and at five eight um we've spoken about it before billy five eight and fullback is so chock-a-block full of run-home options that you're pretty much going to be that's, trading your five yeah, eight out most of the time
1: that's the thing too like at um at fullback look like you've got um you've got to find a spot for turbo very soon let's be fair not everyone has turbo yet so there's a spot there but a lot, of, a lot of people have um, Teddy and RTS or Teddy and know, Ponga at, at fullback. At a 5-8, everyone's got... We've well, got Walker's an option there, Ponga's an option there, Munster's an option there, Moylan's um, an option there, Milford's an option there. So there's just way too many um, cut-price options there. You can't have everyone. Yeah, I just don't see him being the type of person that people would want over quality of the, some of those bugs that we just mentioned.
0: Yeah, and I made my decision last week to get Milford... Um, rather than have a look at someone like Norman. Milford's average 52 for the season. Obviously, I mentioned that he scored um, that 75 points odd on the um, on the weekend with the LB try, but he's now got... He's uh, actually 71, got downgraded, of course, uh, but 71 and 72 points the last couple of weeks, 24 and 97 before that. Uh, I'd probably rather he's upside. Broncos got a decent draw, um, and Milford's 488 with a BE of 17. So he's the alternative option for a you know, very similar price and also a low BA.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, personally, I, I bought Turbo last week too, and they're playing at home versus the Dragons this week. So you can't have, have your cake and eat it too, mate, on both sides of the fence. So um, I'm just going to stick with Turbo there. But um, look, well, he, well, he's not the worst option at all, if you want to applaud. I think he's a great option, but just hope you don't like, get that 18 score, mate.
0: Yeah, I mean, so we've got Norman and then the alternates are Milford and Moylan, um, based on averages. Out of those three, five eights, which one would you lean towards for round 16 if you had to choose one?
1: Um, if you asked me last week, I probably would have said Norman because he was kicking goals, but I didn't realise Lomax had, had got it back more than 100%. I'm filthy of his 21 last week, but I think he's the better option a lot. Milford scares the crap out of him with his low floor and late tries, so I'd probably put Norman over the top of him, but.
0: Fair enough. I'm a little bit different. I've obviously gone Milford over him, and I've got Milf, and I probably can't choose between Norman and Moylan. I think they're pretty similar players that are in the second spot for me. Um, Milford's probably going to be a a pretty good pot if he flies. If not, it's probably going to hurt a little bit. Um, Centre wing options. Uh, This one was a lot more clear cut. There's four guys that are very much clear cut centre wing guys for round 16. Nakora at 63.6 points a game. He is the number one option. He's a definite keeper in there. Cherry has turned around and ended up with a 60.3 average because he had a, a ton on the weekend and he started scoring a heap of tries. Masters is at 59.3, who has dropped the last month, and Mamolo is at 59.1. Billy, they're the four options in center wing, and realistically, there isn't anyone else close to those guys. Um, are you comfortable with all four of those guys for round 16?
1: Um, the first two, yeah. um, Nicora, um talk, himself, don't need to talk about him. Um, Sherry's come good. Um, I was having a chat with someone someone arguing against that fact today, but you've got to remember that you know, Cherry dropped, what, half a dozen balls when he was falling out of the line the first few games. So. Yeah, because he's got he
0: to take out
1: of the equation. <laughs> yeah, I know. So all of a sudden he's like, he's like, so he's learned how to catch and he's producing what the boys have been feeding him. So we don't have problems with, with his form. You just keep him and run him, run him against the weaker, weaker, weaker defensive teams. And absolutely, you put him in your team for that buy round. So that, that he speaks for himself there. I don't like um, Masters switching sides. We talked about him in the last couple of weeks and I've mentioned that I don't like him switching sides. Um, I think that was evident last week could come around and score 200 this week and prove that maybe it, it me look stupid, but I'm still not interested in, not, not on that left side. Uh, More Marlow, it's the Warriors. Um, the right bloke can turn up, but I'd, I'd probably just prefer to cash out on someone at base price. they only going to turn up for one game and disappear and play him as opposed to, what, well, waste Had that much, that amount of coin invested in More Marlow. Um, I know he's been going well, but he also is um, hot and cold, so I'd probably just prefer to go to two sharks guys and find value elsewhere.
0: Yeah, so Nakor is pretty much a no-brainer, and we agree on him. With Sherry, if you didn't own him, so he's actually one of the top traded in guys this week on Market Watch, funnily enough. And he's over yep, five hundred k.
1: Yeah, no Jarvis. Yep, no, no, because he's got a low break-even. Worst case scenario, you, you get a bloke that's got a low break-even in that's actually scoring a crap load of tries, scoring like he's he scored a couple of tons. You bring him in for a couple of games, you score your points, and then if you don't like him, then you use him as a trade-up turbo because all of a sudden he's made an extra 150 grand and it's a straight swap for the best fullback in the game.
0: Yeah, you could do that if you've got the jewels happening, I guess. If you've got Teddy and RTS, it's going to be hard to do. But, yep, yeah, uh, I've got no problem with trading him in either. He's got a minus 73 BEs, so you're going to make a ton of cash. You're
1: going to make a 100 grand in yeah, one you- week.
0: Yeah, he'll do that easy, and he's got the 134 that'll drop out, but then he's still got his 104 that's going to stick in there for an extra week as well. So he's going to make the money, and he's one of those guys that'll probably get up to you know 650, 700k pretty quickly.
1: All right, so let's pretend he's got 60, 60 just a 60, 60 scores between now and God knows when. All right, so he makes um, 101k this week with a 60, then he makes 20k, and then he plateaus. So you're going to make 120, 100k in one week and he's going to sort of stay around that price range around the sort of six, 600 mark with an average of 60.
0: Yep. So it's pretty appealing just to purchase him now if you don't have him. Um, I'm, I'm not decided, though. I don't, actually don't own Sherry, and I'm, I'm considering whether I leave him out or not. Um, I've been having a look at the Sharks' draw. Um, they've got a plethora of home games. It's pretty crazy how it works out, so this is why you need to have a look at teams' draws because sometimes you get a real anomaly, from round 19 through to 24, the Sharks play at home five out of six of those games. So in the run home with their last seven games, only two of those are going to be away. The rest of them are going to be at Shark Park. That's pretty crazy as far as home runs go for the run home.
1: Oh, and they've got um they've got SJ coming back as well. He's right side, and when he was um playing, he he was constantly looking for Cherry. I think the one game where he only scored five points or something or other. They did set we're looking for him, um, I think half a dozen times in the first five minutes before he just kept dropping the ball and they thought bugger it will go the other way. So mate, with um with S J back and then hoping hoping hopefully those two start clicking a little bit more, like the the, the S J Nakora and um Sherry combo and they don't start throwing balls behind each other. Once once that clicks mate, I think there's a lot more points in them than, than what they're currently producing already.
0: Yeah, in fairness he scored five tries in his last two games though, so that's it's quite a big strike rate, but you could easily leave him as an alternate in your center wing and just and just put him in for match-up purposes or if he's going well and, and not even cash him out. Um Masters but, is and...
1: sorry, sorry interrupted. Um but and those tries and he scored versus the Eels, that's that's um that's fair enough. Um but but he's got um he just gets through the Raiders this week can makes you one hundred k. Then he's playing the Bulldogs and he runs down. He runs down. Um, doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter which side you run down the Bulldogs. You're <laughs> you going score points. So, and he's a VC option in round fifteen, and then you got him for the at, at at home in that round sixteen. So, he's going to make you a coin.
0: Yep, definitely. Masters, you don't like too much. I'm going to disagree a little bit, only because I can see a bit of value there. Um, he hasn't been going as well as what you would hope, but he is a guy that I think that you can trade in and leave there. You might not play him every week, but he's he's got Souths in round 15, and then he's got the Roosters in round 16. That doesn't sound great for round 16, but the Roosters are going to be pretty depleted, um, and these next three games after they play the Cowboys this week are all at home. Um, he's only four to 99K, but a 79 B so I tend to think if I can get him sub-500 as a round 16 trade-in, um, yeah, it's not it's not a terrible buy where I can just get him and leave him there as one of the centre wings that I alternate in and out and that's kind of how I'm looking at Masters.
1: Yeah, he's definitely the guy you want to alternate, like you'll he'll, he'll go on a random sort of sixty, seventy, hundred, then back to reality with a twenty nine, fifty one, twenty nine, there's there's at least sort of four there's two red scores here and a couple of orange ones to go with all the nice greens. So exactly what you said. If you're gonna buy him I wouldn't buy him this week because of the um, because of that eighty break even. I'd much rather just forego him. I see what you're doing. I, I, I just don't want him to have him as one of my final four tennis recorders. If anything, he'd be a fifth or sixth and you know, play just to negate someone in in head to head or playing only if he's playing against the dogs or something or other. But not having not looking at the draw, I don't know how many of those easier games he's got left because the Tigers started of the year with a few of them. Well,
0: they've got some good ones in there still. Um, it's not a it's not a bad. Run home by any means. Um, one of the good things that I like about Masters, he pretty much goes well in the games that he should. So if you look at the games playing against um, you know poor opposition, he scores pretty well. Um, you know the, the first three rounds he had Manly, Warriors, and Bulldogs, and he went 55 five, one hundred seven. A bit of a harder game at Penrith, um, and he goes twenty nine. Um, you know the the Gold Coast Titans, he scored an eighty three. Next week against the Roosters, which was harder, he scored a 29. So for the most part, obviously not all of them, but for the most part, he played the Raiders on the weekend, he only scored 37, they got one of the best defences in the league, that makes sense. So he is a guy that I'm pretty comfortable in being, not not necessarily top four centre wing, but one that I can rotate in against the poorer teams, and he's probably going to
1: produce. Yeah, really good point, agree. Um, so to answer, you, answer your question, it's probably just a matter of looking at the draw and picking the, um, the games rather are playing based on his break-even. I wouldn't do that this week. But, um, yeah, maybe we can chat about it again next week and see how, we, how he stands in.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm actually going to run with the strategy of not four centre wing for the run home. Um, I just think centre wing's that volatile that I'm going to have, you know, a top seven centre wing where, you know, I've just got all these options and I'll probably have one or two guys that will sort of be staples, but... The other couple of guys I'll put in there each week. It's just, it's just going to have to be a rotation. Yeah. Because the positions is such a nightmare. I think,
1: yeah, I think you mean you'll have like a, a a top five and rotate those around Nakora and
0: Bateman. Oh no, I'll have, I'll probably stack my centre wing with guys. Um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Let's talk about Mamolo really quickly. He's um, 492k with a B60. I was actually quite interested in Mamolo, Billy, but you mentioned when I read out those top four. His price is just too much of an investment, so I was heaps keen on getting Mamalo in for round 16. I just don't think I'm going to be able to do it now. I wanted to purchase him at around 400k, um, if not, maybe even slightly less, and it's just not happening. He's he scored tries in um, five of his last seven games, um, so he doesn't miss a try too often. His points are good when he scores and not so good when he doesn't, um, like a lot of wingers, so... 74, 28, 42, 66, 106, 81, and 60 uh, in his last couple of months of footy. He has actually been going better than a lot of other center wings, though. So if you think the Warriors can keep going, uh, I think that he's fine to take a pun on. Um, and one stat I'll throw at you, since you love your stats. Um, Fusatour on that other side now has only scored two tries all year. So it's been the Mamolo show for the Warriors the whole year on attack.
1: Yeah, um... You're right. Montmalo's score averages 7 in games where he scores a try. But if he doesn't score a try, he averages 32. So it's a big difference.
0: Yep, massive difference.
1: And, and a third of those games he hasn't scored. Five out of, what, 12? Just a touch on the, on the 50%. So 50-50 chance of uh, 80 or 30. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it,
0: the, the Warriors are probably pretty hard to, to pick it on as well when he's going to score and when he isn't. The only alternate that I've got here... Um, so I mentioned that there's a big drop-off in centre wing. It goes from a 59.1 average to guys that are that are just scraping over 50. Um, that's the type of drop-off you have. I'm actually going to take a pun on a guy that I think is like Mamolo Light. He's, um, he's a guy that's a little bit similar, but he's going to be sub 400. And I'll, I'm going to caveat this straight away before I say the name because I don't want to be hassled on Twitter or killed about it or anything like that, and it's going to happen anyway. But this is a complete pod, shot in the dark pod. I'm going to take a couple of risks for for, um, for round 16 um, and a couple of risks based on draw with guys in centre wing that I can rotate in and just keep there for some match-up-based games. This is going to be one of them. Daniel Tupo is only 400K. He's got a 43BE. He's averaging 51 for the year. The Roosters' run home is one of the ones I like more than any other. From round 16 onwards... Um, we spoke about it earlier. They have a really good run home. They play some pretty poor teams. So you has got the Tigers, Cowboys, Knights, Bulldogs, and the Gold Coast Titans up to round 20. And that run alone um, should see him net some tries. Now, he's got plenty of games, Billy, where if he scores a try, he only scores you know, 60 points. Uh, and that happens quite a bit. But I'm pretty confident that he's going to be scoring some tries. And even as soon as this weekend, uh, I could see him easily getting a double against the Bulldogs. So... Certainly not going to play him every week, but, you know, to save 100K on someone like Mamolo, uh, I might very well choose maybe Daniel Tupo as a risky round 16 guy.
1: Yeah, I'd go one step further and say, like, he would be the type of guy that I would prefer to buy with that draw over someone like um, the, the K-Broms that's sort of just under 600K that you mentioned.
0: Yeah, I think it's a better risk to take, um, and particularly in the centre wings where it can be so volatile. I mean, you know, Daniel Tupo for the next six weeks could be a 65-point player rather than like a 51-point player. And, and you're winning big time if you can make that trade and, and it works out.
1: Yeah, so he's an a, So he would be an AE-type person that you would use for, you know, you get a hooker or a half or someone that you didn't want to buy in the second round.
0: Yep. Um, RTS is the number one fullback by a mile. He's actually the number one averaging player for round 16 options. 70.4 points a game. And I tell you what, he's dropping form could not have worked out better for super Coaches. Sitting at 123BE for this week at 586K, he is playing the Gold Coast Titans, but he's coming off a poor 28-point game that's going to be in his rolling average for the next couple of weeks. He's going to get pretty cheap, really. Um, so I think everybody would like him in their team. Probably the only barrier for round 16 is the gluttony of fullbacks and 5'8s people have to juggle to, to make sure that they can trade him in for that week.
1: Yeah, I think with Teddy being rested, he would. that would be the logical trade. Teddy to Shecky, and then when Ted's um, healthy and healthy again, and full steam ahead, you bring him in for that draw to ride home. Or if you're out of trade, ride RTS, but I'd be shit scared not owning Teddy.
0: Potentially Cody Walker out and RTS in, and maybe going for that, and maybe going RTS to Turbo. That's sort of around 18 type of trade.
1: Even better. That's a, That's a much better trade.
0: Yeah, uh, but it's it's a tough one. RTS hasn't been going that great the last couple of weeks. But you know, would you say that he's a must-have? Do you think you've got to fill that full-back spot with RTS around sixteen if you're taking it seriously?
1: Oh, oh god, no! Like he, he had a good start of the season, but he had dogs, tigers, Manly, Gold Coast, Souths, North Queensland. Mate, he had, they've had the easiest draw for mankind, and then he's come into um, Broncos, Broncos, and Broncos and Melbourne the last couple of weeks, and averaged what thirty so I think you're getting exactly what you deserve from him. Um, I would I would just have a look. Oh, what's his draw? Uh, Warriors, where are they? What have they got? They've got Titans, Penrith, Knights, Bongo's, Sharks, Eels. Uh, then they've got some more home games. Um, Raiders, Mammoth. I wouldn't ride him all the way home, but I'll tell you what, for the draw that he's got now um, prior to finish, finishing the season off, I would, I would, u- I would use him. But I'd trade Teddy to him or Walker to him, use him up and then then um then spit him out mate.
0: Yeah, I think if you know, the next month is pretty good, but the Warriors themselves probably have a fifty fifty draw. It's 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 hard for half the games and it's pretty good for the other half of the games to check, so
1: Yeah. Um the longest you would want to earn him sort of round 21, after that round 22 when he gets the, um, the Chooks, then the Sharks, then the Rabbits, and finishes off the season with the Raiders away in Canberra. Um, he's absolutely not the head-to-head guy you want to have in, in, in the finals. He, he could he could be that one player that you that, that you, um, you lose to the bunch of Teddy or Turbo or, or Moylan, but absolutely up uh, between now and that round 21. He's got some great teams and some great home matchups. He's probably um, one of the better ones that you could have.
0: Yeah, and it works out really well with his be, and also the draws for both Manly and for the Warriors. My plan from a, which you know I had all along worked out pretty well, which was you know um, Tommy Turbo is going to come out of that round sixteen by and they're going to have Souths, and then they're going to have uh, the Eels, which is going to be a bit easier. But then they're going to hit Melbourne, so two out of those three games is are pretty tough for Manly. Round 20, um, they go Newcastle, Warriors, Tigers, and then the Raiders for a bit of a tougher one. So they've got a much better three-game stretch than coming out of you know Melbourne and South in that three-week period. So trading Turbo in for RTS for that round 20 game versus Newcastle in the run home makes a fair bit of both financial and draw sense as well to rent RTS for maybe a month of football.
1: Yeah, agree. Any other thing I'll, I'll say here is, um, if you're really low on trade, you don't want and you don't have the uh, the trades to trade trade out Teddy and then then trade back um, instead of getting Sheck, maybe, maybe you go maybe you go a toe Harris type person and take him as an A. Hopefully he scores the same same as Sheck.
0: Yeah, and it, probably probably the caveat with this fullback spot is if you're going to get RTS in, that's one of the positions where you can't be left without a Ponga or a Teddy. Um, for the run home or even a turbo for that last five weeks of footy for sure. Um, you've got to make sure that you're going to have those top players in. So if you're going to run out of trades doing it, um, I almost wouldn't do it. Just leave RTS out. Yeah. Um,
1: especially especially if you're going to have to trade him out again at that round 22 point because that's two trades. off yep. Just getting to for yep. one using him as a and a backup second row or even the guy that you, you want to pick um you can choose to play against those weaker teams like dogs and hope that, you know, it certainly goes over the line. Yep.
0: We're going to have a a quick look through at some others, our other categories. Some of these guys are pods or some of these guys just don't figure whatsoever in the the best possible starting 13 and the alternates based on averages. Um, But they're guys to have a think about. The first one is um, uh, a, a fullback or a halfback, and that is Hughes. Now... There wasn't actually an alternate for the fullback spot um, aside from Hughes. He's interesting because it's such a strong position. But Hughes is only 450k. Uh, and he's got a single-digit BE and he's coming off 114 points against the Warriors. Before that, it wasn't going too well for him. The halfback fullback duel is pretty interesting though because you could throw him in at halfback. Do you think he's a consideration for the round 16 buy or then to even hold on as? You know, a second half back or something like that?
1: Yeah, he's an option. I just kept thinking of him as sorry, I just kept thinking of him as a fullback. completely forgot he's available at seven. So he'll he'll be moving he'll be moving into the half though. So surely he moves up there to accommodate Pat for that for that round, but so you're not gonna be getting a fullback score out. do you think he's still gonna be worth it playing in the halves?
0: He seems to go okay there still. So I don't know if it's gonna make that much of a difference. Um He's going to be playing the Dragons at Wynn Stadium, and the Dragons are, are still going to have you know, some forwards missing out of that pack and aren't really the strongest team anyway. So, you know, it could be worse, I guess. But he's probably... He's not an option that I particularly like, um, so I'm not going to look at him as a pod or anything myself.
1: The six games he's listed in the 7 jersey last year, the average 46.7, 51, 30, 37, and 53. So he's only got the one half decent score in there. So to answer that question, mate, I, I, it's a no for me. I don't want to play him in the halves. If he was playing at fullback available in the halves, then yeah, I'd consider him. But not with Pat lying around.
0: Yep. No, I agree. Uh, there's two guys that I'm going to put into the same category, and those are guys that we spoke about last week, Aitken and Staggs. We mentioned them as cut-price guys that you can get in to play round 16. Um, subsequently... Aitken put in the best score that he's had uh, since round five this year. He scored 59 points. 41 of that was raw base. And this is a Ewan Aitken that we know and loved from previous years when he was borderline keeper. He's got two weeks in a row with 41 base here as a centre wing. That's that's fantastic. He's still only 296k now, gone up a little bit, but he's got a negative BE now. Um, He's playing manly this week and the Cowboys the next week. He looks like a really good center wing option to me if you can't afford any of the others. Or even if you say, you know what, I'm going to pay 200 grand less than Mamalo and go Ewan and who's got a better base.
1: Yeah, he does have a lovely base. But um, he's moved to the left side. I'm not really comfortable with that. But if he was right side, yes. But I just keep seeing um, him as Lafayre's replacement. And Lafayre, we all know how good he, he can be from time to time. Um on, on, on the inside, on the left side just seems like a passenger. So I think we've just got a got a guy with a high base taking a passenger spot who's not really gonna get much ball. They just seem to go right a lot more. And if they get go left, they completely cut him out and he just goes straight to the wing. So I'm gonna have to skip him, but if you absolutely need a cut price option, throughout the case not not the worst for a, a buy fella especially a guy who you know is who's gonna be uh sticking around that team for a while, he's not gonna disappear.
0: Yeah, and the other guy, Staggs, is very similar. He's 267K with a minus 10BE, coming off a 65-point game with a try on the weekend. So both of those guys tick the box for round 16 of giving you cover um, and also having negative break-evens at a low price. So you'll be able to make money off them if you need to trade them out later. So that's why I like both of those guys. I'm probably going to go Stags ahead of Aitken, um, just picking one of the two.
1: Yeah, fair enough, mate. Can't go against that one. I would
0: would take 18 over stags, though. The other guys are a bit more expensive. So, Connor Watson um, played nine on the weekend. He subsequently scored a try with a line break, scored 91 points in total, and had an absolute blinder. He's still only 422k, um, and he's a 5'8 fullback. So, he is a 5'8 option to throw in. He's going to be playing hooker ahead of some of the more fancied ones. Uh, like a Milford or even a Moylan who's become popular to talk about the last couple of weeks. Um, Obviously, Levi's not going to be out for too long, but he is going to be out the next month or so, probably the next six weeks even, if it gets worse with his injury. Watson looks like a pretty good option for around 16. Um, I guess it's just a bit of a worry that he gets injured a bit and what the makeup of that side's going to be after if he goes back to six and you're stuck with him for that last four or five weeks of football, but... Geez, he looked good at nine on the weekend, and for a round sixteen pottish type of option, he could go really,
1: really well. Yeah, gee, if only saw if only anyone could have seen this coming around six months ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you didn't see it coming from nine, don't lie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, in a running position, hooker or fullback, not 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 at six. Um, look at, at um. At Hawker, you, know, you know he's going to make forty tackles, and you know he's going to be a greedy prick and go for that line. That's the only reason I like him. Yeah, look, I think he's, I think he's a great option. Um, I don't think he's going to go back to six. I don't see them wanting to put him there. I think he's just too valuable at nine. He's just—he's just a workhorse. He, he's moved around that team so much. I think they know—they know what his position is. He'll—he'll—he'll—he'll he'll, 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 he'll stick around there. I reckon where how he slots into your team, but he's only available. Um, in those key positions, but again, which makes it really, really hard. So, but if you got a slot, absolutely, I'd be, I'd be, he'd be in my top sort of handful of picks.
0: Yeah, I think you got to have him as your sort of second five eight. I think that's the spot you got to have him at. Um, and if you can trade him out later, he's going to make money. You'll probably get a hundred k out of him in the next month of football, and you'll get some good points out of him as well. So. He's a really good option. If he stay, He's 1% owned, Billy.
1: If, if, if he stays at night, I wouldn't be trading him out of the team, mate. So
0: another guy is a bit of a fallen gun, and that's Nofo Luma. So Nofo um, has come into the side, and, it's, and uh, Mahe Fanua's gone pretty long-term with a foot injury now. Um, now, obviously, fallen gun of the past has been dropped in and out of first grade. He's only played two games this year. Um, but the hope would be that maybe he's solidified his spot back. He's a complete... N- nobody owns Nofo. I think that only 380 people owned him last week going into that game. He does have, still in that two games, a base of 39 as a winger, which has always been the good thing about Nofo Luma. He's 483k, so he's probably too expensive to even consider for a pot option. But if he yeah, starts you- for the
1: rest of the year, Billy... If I had to choose someone over him, I'd choose the more Milo guy. At least you know his spot is cemented; he's not going anywhere. Um, uh, what do you call it? just seems to have lost that tackle busting sort of running. Uh, you know, 60 points, you expect him to score without going out of the line. And um, I think there's a historical stat in there that you know, without Teddy, he doesn't actually go that well. when I mean, yeah, there's no Teddy there anymore, so I'd probably much rather sort of skip him and just go the Milo route if I had to choose between those two, Mike.
0: He does have the pedigree, and he is someone that can just have some really big games, and it's one of those players that could just really catapult you that last couple of months of the season. Um, if he starts there and he goes back to what he was, you know, a year and a half ago when he got his opportunity in first grade, I don't think it's a risk worth taking at the price, so and I can't do it at all. Actually, let's just
1: have a look at numbers end just really quickly. So his first game back... He had 41 points in hit ups and four tackle busts. It was a decent effort. Uh, last week, last week at dropped but he had 29 points in hit ups uh, and three tackle busts. So his base was 45 and 33. If he throws up that 45 base again, like he did in that first game, he looked. And the 35 was Mr. Camera, who, who away from home, who you said, you said yourself one of, the bit, one of the better defensive teams in the comp. Yeah, yeah. It's look, if he can reproduce that first game, like that, that 55 where he's just sort of making those runs, it, he seems to look a lot better on paper than he does actually on the puck. Um, and he didn't exactly have that many tackle busts or offloads in there too, so it's not like he had a, he, he had a um, one of those games where it's like five hit-ups and you know, 40 points in offloads and TVs where he's just doing the little, the little side, sideways crab shuffle fend. I would watch him again this week, and if he throws up another 55, I'd, I'd absolutely slam dunk him in, in, in a couple of weeks.
0: If I had a massive amount of trades, um, I'd I'd take the plunge. But, um, yeah, it's it's one to definitely watch. Sorry,
1: good pod. Like you said, what, 530 owners, whatever you call it?
0: Oh, last week he had 380, I think. Um, so, yeah, he's probably not going to be much more this week either.
1: Good pod. Yeah. I think he's a good shout, mate. I better, better than what I thought he was actually diving into those numbers. I really like that one-game sample from his first game. Back. And if he can produce that again, then I think there's a platform there.
0: Yeah, it starts to become pretty interesting. Um, Wade Graham came back and he played 32 minutes off the bench against your Eels and scored 56 points. So his PPM after one game is 1.75 thanks to your boys, mate.
1: Oh, mate. (laughs) Eels (laughs) will do anything for the comp. We're we're giving
0: away our best now, Timmy Manor. (laughs) So he's 454K. He's he's only played the one game, so he's not going to... Not going to have a price drop until um, we get to his third one, obviously, but 450K is pretty cheap. Possibly going to come into the starting side this week. He's been a guy in the past who has been a borderline keeper when he's been healthy. So um, last year was very up and down with his 49 points a game, but the year before year it was at 60 points a game in 2017 and could hit some attack as well. Sharks have got that really good run of home games like we mentioned before. Uh, from round sixteen onwards, they got a heap of home games. Um, if he's starting this week, and we can have a look at him, and he looks good, and then he gets through round fifteen, and he's not picked for Origin, is he perhaps a cut price um, second row option for round sixteen? Considering that none of those second row guys are, you know, particularly appealing.
1: So if he if he comes on, how many? The, what happens to Kate Will?
0: I would assume that he's going to eventually take his starting job back. On Kephal's edge, and Kephal will come back to the bench and play from the bench. Um, I wouldn't even put him. Pa- I wouldn't even put it past Graham, you know, going back to being, um, you know, he did 66 minutes in 2018 as an edge player, and he's a guy as well that you could probably even just put at 13 for 15 minutes a game to accommodate some Kephal yeah, minutes. Out. So
1: yeah, for the dinosaur in the middle, um, you know, he's playing less and less minutes, so. I reckon that's probably the way they do it. I reckon Decorah gets his 80. Um, uh, Graham comes in to start. Cakeball goes to the left edge and Graham goes to the middle to spell Gow and Gow gets his stand sort of 50, 55 minutes, you know, getting, getting more and more reduced.
0: Yeah, I reckon that that's similar to how the, they'll do it. So if we can yeah. see that in the next couple of weeks, what do you think of Wade Graham? Do you think that he might be a, a bit of a sneaky one?
1: I can't buy an edgy unless they're playing 80 minutes, mate.
0: I normally can't, but Wade Graham's got the type of ball-playing upside that's really appealing for me. So I'm going to be watching him the next couple of weeks. Um, I like his upside a lot more than, say, a Cabram, That's for sure, and he's going to be you know, over 100 grand cheaper. His teammate, though, is Sean Johnson, we mentioned earlier, he's he's had a bludger of a year, but he's obviously been an extreme totally, keeper of the past. So it's been a terrible season for, for SJ. If you started with him, you would have been livid and you wouldn't want to hear from him again. You definitely wouldn't want to be getting him in. But he's named in the extended bench this week. Um, The rumor mill is that he's going to come into the 17 this week and he's going to play. You'd assume that he's going to get the goal kicking back as well. He's also got the Bulldogs in round 15 before they hit the round 16 By He's a dual halfback 5'8", which is exceptionally handy, especially for that halfback position, which is really barren. 82 BE, so you'd hope that he'll go down a bit this week. Um, especially playing Canberra. So, mate, it looks like at 516k, you might be able to get him at you know 475 for around 16 trading. Do you reckon that he's going to come back and we're going to see a run home of the oldest, Jake?
1: Maybe, maybe not, but um, at that sort of price, I'd be willing to find out. I'll, I'll just straight swap in for Cusk next week, pretty much.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at maybe having him as the second half back. So if I don't get a Mitchell Pearce because maybe he's too expensive for me, uh, I think Sean Johnson might be the way to go. Um, and SJ and Cleary as a combo, you know, that's that's not too bad to leave for the run home as well. SJ can be a genuine keeper for sure.
1: Yeah, just keep in mind, I mean, SJ is that one that that one player who can uh, single-handedly destroy your season. I mean, if you if you don't own him in you know, in the next buy round, and you and you know only you know one percent of the one co- percent of the co- all, you know ten people in the top hundred do. If he if he punches one of those 120, 130 games, and someone's got the VC on him, all of a sudden there's two hundred sixty points that you don't have.
0: Yeah, exactly. And obviously he's not owned very much now. There's only five percent of teams that have him, and some of those will be sort of zombie teams that aren't playing anymore. In saying that, it, it might be hard for some teams. Like if he if he doesn't come back this week. Or he looks like crap this week. Um, people will, might wait till around 16, and then all of a sudden not be able to make enough trades to get SJ in at a high yeah. volume. So maybe he'll only be sort of 10 to 15% owned in round 16 if he sort of doesn't sort set of- the world on fire the next two
1: weeks. He scored a five in the last game when he was injured. Um, still got nightmares from it. So, that, that, that's going to roll for the next. That's going to roll for the next two weeks. So even though he's got an 80 on bake even this week, that five is still going to be an effort next week. So you've got a couple weeks.
0: He's gonna be he's gonna be super juicy. Uh, I I'm considering, like I said, Tim and Pierce for the halfback spot for my round 16 team. Um, so that pretty much throws up the top options and um, a couple of other options and a few pods for round 16 to consider. Uh, a couple of questions that we've gotten in the last few weeks, Billy, is uh, is there enough that I can get in that's probably going to play and then you know go away? Um, just to name, just to rattle off a couple for people to look at for round 16. Uh, Joshua Curran at the Roosters, 168000 base price rookie. Um, He's one that might come in. Um, The Roosters have got some injury problems at the moment. Um, Hargraves is out still, and obviously guys like Cordner um, are going to be on origin duty along with Crichton. Curran may very well come into the squad if he does. He's only played the one game this year. Um, He might get some some minutes, um, and then all of a sudden he disappears. That might be what you're after. So, Curran at the Roosters is one. Another guy that's come up before is uh, Kerr. Um, so, Kerr's 168k as well. He's only played the two games. If he's named in round 16, then he's another guy that might come and then become a Nuff as well after that. I'm not one that's too keen on the the Nuff roulette. I don't really like that game too much um, because sometimes what happens is if these guys are good enough to come in and fill in and they're young guys like Karen and Kerr are, they might earn a spot in the 17 as the 17th man down the track and all the injuries happen and they end up on the bench as the 17th man and I hate that, that AE 20-minute forward at the end of the bench that can happen that you are expected to be an NPR. So I'm not a fan of the whole Nuff strategy myself. I'd rather get a proper Nuff that's not going to play in round 16 because I know that they're, they're not going to stuff up my AE billy.
1: Yeah, it's not just that too. Um, the last thing you want is a guy who's going to play the next buy round, then disappear the next round, and then your Origin guys rested. and All of a sudden, you don't have a half, and you're getting an A anyway for um, for uh, the round after after the buyers, and you get like you know what what happened this weekend, like a a um, a and one or a gutters and zero, or a, you know a r- rested Murray who's only getting sort of twenty points too. So um, yeah, careful what you wish for because you might get it anyway.
0: Yeah, it becomes a nightmare to fix on that run home, um, which has happened to me before. Um, You know, four or five years ago, I did it with a couple of Nuffs and I ran out of trades um, to be able to get them out. I still had two or three trades left, but it's really hard to go from a 168k base guy because they haven't played enough games to get a rise, or maybe they've been crap and played low minutes and they're still only, you know, 180k to get someone in that's not an AE um, nightmare. You know, you, it's it's pretty hard just to find 300 grand bank. So all of a sudden you're burning two of your last three trades to get this guy out of your side or you're just having an AE emergency nightmare um, having to leave him there for that last four or five weeks, which, especially if you're a head-to-head player, that can really, really handicap you in the finals.
1: Yeah, it's a pain in the ass and you need to keep your um, injury trades up your sleeve too because you know that's going to happen with the um the uh, last few rounds of the season with guy, guys like this smashing their bodies against each other. Um, yeah, edit that part out. Sounds a bit weird. <laughs> um, you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> I should say that's you know that's our strategy that we sort of we sort of like to go by. There's no right one. If if you think that enoughs work for you, then that's a couple of enoughs that will probably play in, in round 16 and then hopefully disappear for you. So there's a couple of ideas. Um, let's quickly have a look at TLT, and we're going to do a fast TLT this week because we don't want it to be too long, but. Raiders versus Sharks is our first game on Thursday night footy. Raiders have got the same 17. Um, the Sharkies have a few changes. So Morris got rested and he's back, and that means that Aaron Gray drops out of the side. Uh, like we mentioned, SJ's in the extended squad, but he's probably coming back in. Um, so that's the main takeaways. Josh Dugan shuffles from centre to wing as well, but that's largely irrelevant. So, I mean, players to highlight in this one. The Raiders do have some of the best... Um, defence in the league, so it probably doesn't bode too well for the Sharkies attacking-wise. Andrew Fafita had a blinder last week. Um, I'm not really looking forward to Britain Nakora either, though, from the, the Sharkies going up against the Raiders' defensive edges.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't think uh, Fafita will be scoring again this week, not just that lot, mate. Um, it'll be a lot tighter. Um, so much so, I'm even not even sure I want to play CMK this week. Could go either way there, but... Um, yeah, I have to agree with the sentiment there, mate. Should should be a good matchup, but should there should still be some good scores in there. I just think it'll come from the forward still.
0: Yeah, and on the on the Raiders side of things, um, I should give a, a Jared Crocus shout out. He got in the 80s on the weekend, um, and that badly helped people like me that traded him in for that um that buy. Commiserations to the people that held him for two weeks to average 25 points and then trading him out, but if you held on it worked but the big the big one on this one Billy we spoke about it before the podcast John Bateman's probably one of the best trainings if you don't care about round 16 and he's a good one this week versus Sharky's
1: yeah I got him in this week I waited last week because I just wanted to see how he how he would go coming back from injury and make sure he's healthy given that he was on the on the edge too but um yeah I wasn't far away from his break even so probably would have been better off getting him in last week but the world hasn't ended yet um but, yeah, with that reasonably low break-even, I'm not going not to muck around missing him this week. Just get him in. I don't care about the next buy. I just don't want to miss potential sort of 65 to 85 points in the short quarter this week.
0: Well, he's currently the number one most traded-in player on MarketWatch. 13.6% of traded him in already. That's going to keep increasing. He's only got to be 34 priced at 553k. Uh, and he's coming off a, a pretty good score again, 81 points, and he's now scored an average of 80, and he's two games back from injury. So he looks like the number one centre wing to own for the run home. Um, aside from that, Fafita's been brought in, which he should be, and Zeri's been brought in quite a bit as well, although I don't know if I would play him this week. Um, on the trade-outs, uh, makes complete sense on Hudson Young going out from these two teams. Is there anyone in this one that you'd VC? Obviously, you're not going to captain anyone in this first game, but do you think it's worth it um, with the points that might be scored or, or lack of points?
1: I generally, don't like to go first game of the week, only because it's a small turnaround time. Guys aren't rested as well. Night games, people just don't seem to score as largely on Thursday or Friday for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's atmosphere. Who knows? But um, um, especially with these two teams, I'm... I reckon if you actually went through the um, both those teams' um, individual high scores for the entire year, you probably wouldn't find too many massive scores over 100, so yeah, I'm inclined to leave it for this week. I'm going for the Raiders to be upset
0: by the Sharkies, who are currently paying $2 on Sports Bet, and I like them with uh, SJ probably coming in. I think the Sharkies will upset them in a bit of a dour affair, Billy. I reckon it'll be like a 20 to 16.
1: Yeah, I'd have to probably agree with you on that one, mate.
0: Titans vs Warriors is the next one, and it's not a blockbuster, but quite a few interesting super coach options. Uh, Kevin Proctor's got a fractured eye socket, so he's gone and Hipgrave suspended. That means the Penrith, ex-Penrith duo of Cardi and Tyrone Peachy start in the second row together. Um, the Warriors side of things, Herbert returns, which is big supercoach news, so hopefully he's not late to training anymore and he keeps his spot uh, for round 16. Uh, Tobago returns on the bench and Harris has been named despite an ongoing niggling knee injury So you probably want to watch Tohu Harris to see that he's past that knee injury Main players of interest here, Billy Jai Arrow um, keeps on being a pretty decent player But last week he wasn't that good backing up from Origins So I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that he's going to return to form against the Warriors
1: this week I'm sure he'll play a few more minutes, mate um... Uh, I haven't got the minutes in front of in front of me, so I'm not sure how many how many he played last week but is he still carrying the injury at all or
0: is Nah I think it was just uh, the the origin workload that was pretty much all. And his mate Dale Copley and his team went back down to earth. Couldn't we said he couldn't maintain the run that he was on, he scored nineteen points last week with twenty one in base.
1: Yeah. I'm actually really liking this uh Futter but he's he's really, really put in since he got into the into the run side the last of the three weeks, so Similar type scores as Cardi for a couple, uh, fraction of the price, so 439k.
0: Yeah, he might be one to watch for the future, not necessarily for this round. Uh, on the Warriors side, I'm exceptionally interested in Roger a check this week, if I own him as a captaincy or VC option, um, and also as a pod one. Pod VC Ken Mimolo is on, I reckon, against the Titans.
1: There's only been three tons versus the Titans this year, mate. Yeah. Tom Lilo, 138. Katoa, Sion Katoa, 108, and James Fisher-Harris, 102. Every other school has been under 100. And there's only been a handful of 90s from guys that you wouldn't expect. Gallum, May, Fanua, Jordan McLean, Britton DeCora, Josh Morris, Dugan, Aaron yeah, Gray. It's
0: their forwards, their, their forwards um, on the edge in particular um, give up the super coach points, but um, I, I mean, the second highest score that... RTS has ever scored has been against the Titans as well. So I know the historical stuff doesn't always come into it, but he's got an average score of maybe 73 a, and he loves playing them.
1: Maybe it'll be a Cardi party.
0: Oh, geez, I'm not going to make that call. Who do you think is going to win this one?
1: <laughs> I reckon Gold Coast, mate.
0: Gold Coast. I think it's a tight it
1: game. They're it, playing a bit better than, than what you look. Know. The, the, the first half, half of the season, i joke and say, oh, Team such and such has an easy run. They've got you know the sort of Eels and then then Titans. It was always Titans, Titans, Titans. But you know what? They haven't been they haven't been leaking that that many points um, to individual super coaches, and they've just seen, the, now that I'm playing money more, they're me playing a lot better than what you'd expect. They they're putting some points on, so I don't think they're going to be as big of pushovers as, as as they have been.
0: It's not a game I'm I'm looking forward to too much because you never know what those two teams will throw up though. So. I'm just going to wait and see. Um, Cowboys versus Tigers is a Friday night game. Uh, and this one we've got Tuala moving to the, to, from wing to centre for the Cowboys. Mitchell Dunn's out. Javid Bowen comes in. McLean is replaced at prop by Scott Bolton. And for the Tigers, Corey Thompson's going to stay at fullback. So Moses Embai came back as a late inclusion last week and ended up playing centre. Uh, Robert Jennings replaces Mahe Fanua, um, and obviously, like we said, Nofo remains on the wing, and Marshall's been named despite an injury last week. So this is one that I'm also not too excited about, although it is the grand final replay from 15 years ago, so there's a bit of nostalgia. I think the main one here, mate, is uh, Jason Tomalolo. He's He's been killing it. He's just an every-week captaincy option.
1: Yeah, Murray scored 120 versus, when he's a nil forward, and he ain't did that off. Oh, sorry, we played 75 minutes that week. Cook scored 124. Moses, 133. Lateral, 161. So, a six-nine-three uh, a 9 and 13 scored tons versus them. So, like, to talk total either scored, what, 9 or eighty five in base last week. So, um, going, going the other way, 3-tons versus North Queensland this, this year, uh, Daniel Cook again. And uh, that was the game that uh, CHN scored 141 as well. So, look, if you're going to pick someone to get to go large this weekend, it's probably the um, Tom Lolo for one, or I, I'd even go the um, to Madison.
0: Yeah, and we should say that um, yeah, be, Madison's being traded in in um, Market Watch this week. I'd be really careful trading him in, know that you're probably not going to get him for Round 16 because he's probably going to play Origin, just a little caveat to throw in there. Uh, I'm I'm probably going to be looking at Tom Lolo as my captain this week. I just can't see how I can take it off him against the Tigers up there in North Queensland playing at home.
1: Yeah, mate,
0: agree. Golden Point won in this one, I reckon, mate. That's going to be my call for that one.
1: Golden Point? Well, I don't think it'll be that close. I reckon the Cow's going a bit of a rocky.
0: Storm versus Knights is our first Saturday game. And we've got no changes for the Storm. And for the Knights, we've got Ponga returning after being rested last week, which is huge. Uh, Man moves back to six. Lino drops to the extended bench. Um... And Aiden Guerra has actually been named in the reserves, aiming to return from injury. He's a big watch because the only reason that Mitchell Barnett's a starting um, back row at the moment, Billy, is because uh, Aiden Guerra went down with a busted ankle. So you probably want to watch to see Guerra's progress and whether he's actually going to be able to win that jersey back or not.
1: I just keep looking at this game, keep thinking, look, the Storm are just going to give him a lesson, but they're a dollar thirty-seven for a reason, mate. They've got a bit of form, they're not changing the game. I think uh, if Knights are going to have any hope in this game at all, it's, it's not going to be pierced alone. I think going to have to play out of his skin and do what he did at origin time.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to disagree. I actually quite like, if we're going to talk betting markets, I actually don't mind the um, how much the Knights are giving away points-wise. You can get them plus 12.5 points and, and get them for about a dollar sixty-one. I think it was. So I, I, don't, I think the Storm could win, like you said, but I reckon it might be close. I think the Knights can stay within 10. They're on a pretty good run. Kaelin Ponga doesn't seem to care who he plays. He scores 80-something points against everybody.
1: Yeah, freak, isn't he?
0: <laughs> he, he I mean, I'd say surely, but he's he just he's got a massive run of good scores. So he doesn't have a bad score. The opposition to the Storm always score poorly on Supercoach, so it'd be too hard to throw the C or even the VC on Ponga this week.
1: Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be throwing the C on him. Um... He is consistent, but he's punching up sort of 80, 85, 90 scores. That's not enough to VC and too much of a risk to see. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't go anywhere near him with a VC or SC option.
0: Yeah, I think probably the best takeaway for this game, mate, is um, that hopefully there is very few super coach points and all these guys with high BEs can drop a lot for um, round 16 trade-ins, I reckon. Yeah, I'll
1: tell you what, if I... um if I still own Munster, I'd be getting rid of him. He's um, four scores now around the 40 mark and playing the Knights. It's probably the, one, of the, one of the two or three teams you really don't want to be playing just before a, a buy, buy round where, he, where he's going to have another buy. Can't be, if he can't put any points on versus the Warriors, mate, and he's already had a string of forty, so I'd be getting rid of him very quickly.
0: Yeah, I, I was pretty happy. I traded him before the round 12 buy <laughs> and it actually worked out pretty well for me. Big call for this one. I'm, I'm going to go for Mitchell Pierce to put on an origin audition. I think he's going to go back to a 75 point game. Um, 75 plus to try and put it on the storm.
1: Well, I don't think he does that. I reckon he just gets a 50 odd this week and then sort of tears it up the rest of the year.
0: Alright, well we'll have to come back to that one next week. Rabbitohs vs Panthers on the Saturday. Um, Cody Walker's returning after being rested last week. Turner's back in the centres. Uh shifting Uh, Ethan Lowe to the back row. Obviously, Sam Burgess is gone, replaced um, by Ethan Lowe in that forward pack. Tom Burgess is replaced with his suspension by Liam Knight, and there's a whole host of other guys um, that aren't relevant, aside from Alex Johnson, who has been named among the reserves looking at a return. Probably the first one that sticks out here, Billy, is Sam Burgess is by far and away the most sold player. Um, He obviously got Sinbin last week. Um, and he still scored a 54 because he scored a try, but he's gone for a couple of games because of his surgery. I'm actually in the minority, I know. I'm going to hold him, even though he's not playing this game and he's not going to play the next game, just because I don't think I need to trade him out. Um, And I would have thought probably a few more people would have been in that position where you just leave him as a 20th man.
1: Yeah, I was going to hold him too, but... um... Ended up needing the extra sort of 20K that he added in him as opposed to someone else I wanted to trade out in order to get um, uh, whoever I traded this week. I can't remember already. Uh, Look, the fact that he's going to only miss two games, he's still going to come back from injury, so I don't want to risk a guy like that um, um, coming back and either coming off the bench or only playing sort of 50, 60 minutes and getting injured. He did his job. It's time to move on, and I'm I'm more than happy to sort of get rid of him. If you're going to keep him, be, I wouldn't be playing him. He'd he, be waiting until he's healthy in sort of four or five weeks and picking and choosing the games you want to play. him.
0: Oh yeah, he'll just be my twentieth man or whatever. Uh, but the other one I'm interested in your opinion on with Souths Cody Walker hasn't been the best the last couple of games. Panthers played well last week against the Roosters, but they can give up some points. Do you reckon that Cody comes back and plays well this week? He's got you know a, a massive be in the hundred twenties. And I, I'm trying to toss up whether I actually pun him uh, or I keep him because I'm worried that games like this, he's going to score, you know, three tries and sort of make a statement.
1: Yeah, I wish he made a statement last Wednesday night. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Oh, look, mate, it's... Penrith are pen no uh, no, uh, no, maroons, mate. <laughs> it's uh, going to be a lot easier to break, easier to break that wall. I, I really can't pick this one, mate. He's... um. He's obviously out of form. His confidence is low. He's going to want to step back up. and, and I think the only thing going for him at, at the moment is the fact that he knows how to score tries and he wants to prove himself to retain that Origin jersey. So the fact that he's playing at home and he's going, to, he's going to have that hunger, I think that would be the only reason to keep him. But if you're even thinking about getting rid of him for the next buy, just get him now. Get rid of him now.
0: Yeah, I think you've pretty much got to get rid of him now or you've got to um, hold him for this Panthers game and for the run home. Um, because with his break-even and stuff, he's going to drop a heap of cash potentially this week. On the Panthers side of things, mate, Billy Kickow came through with a ton last week, scored a couple of tries, and it was the Billy Kickow attacking and rampaging that we all know and love. Do you think you can do it again against the Rabbits and keep it up?
1: Not versus the Rabbits, not away from home, um, although I think uh, all the owners who were filthy him having the, having the man flu uh, feel a little bit vindicated. <laughs> I was one of those. Yeah, I think uh, young young Benny
0: Bell was too. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, I'm to, I'm just going to keep kickow in my team as again, you know, maybe my second bench, um, second rower, just to throw in in case he goes on the run, which I mentioned. But um, mate, I think this is going to be a really good game. This is one of my favourite games of the round. I think it's going to be a cracker, and I reckon it's going to be 26-24.
1: Not just that, if um, if Kikau is healthy and re-paging again, he'll he'd be one hell of a pod to, to run home with. Like If he, if he starts doing what he, what he did he the end of last year, um, it'd, be a, it'd be a great pod to have.
0: Yep, and everyone should be watching this game with a bit of interest because if he strings a couple of games together, um, there's a definite pod opportunity for the run home. So let's see how he goes against the Rabbits, mate. But 26-24, I reckon. Um, either way, I don't even know which one of these guys is going to win. Eels Broncos is the other Saturday game. Um, Bankwest Stadium. Broncos, <laughs> whoa, 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 mate. Tell you, tell you what, Eels fans are so down in their team. Broncos lost to the Gold Coast Titans last week. Come on.
1: Oh, no, Mate, I'm back in the Eels. Of course, I am. We're at home. <laughs> We're specials. Bankwest.
0: Well, Salmon's starting at five eight in place of Will Smith. But the big news is that Nathan Brown comes into the starting side at lock um, for the Broncos. Deardons, the big news, being out for at least six weeks, it looks like, replaced by Sean O'Sullivan. So Deardons become quite a big sell on MarketWatch. Um, Alex Glenn misses out. Um, Matt Gillette Red his side after getting rested, as does Oates. So first on the eels, mate. We spoke about if Kick-Out can get back to his form, he could be a pod forward for the run home. Nathan Brown starting at 13. He is an old favourite of mine. I'm going to be looking at him post 16 as a potential pod because he can really put up some big numbers for that run home.
1: Yeah, I, I'll wait till he's rampaging, but um, otherwise he's just that guy who's who's on the park for 60, 65 minutes. and gives you gives you a good plot of 60, mate. Um, he's coming. He's coming back from injury. Um, I don't think he's going to be rampaging too hard early. I mean, that's how he did his butt. it was a peck, wasn't it? I think he came in. Yep. Came in going hard. Uh, openly, yeah. What about Sivo?
0: Yeah. mate? Oh, I'm I'm edging towards just keeping Sevo as a centre wing. He's been going great, sixty six points last week, and he just keeps on scoring tries.
1: Yeah, like we said last week, if he keeps if he keeps finding the line, don't get rid of him. Just keep playing him. People can call you lucky, but he's, who cares? But he keeps. He, he might go on one of those riparian type runs where he just keeps tackle busting and scoring, tackle busting and scoring. The bloke's big enough to do it. He doesn't need to be quick and move around him. He just needs to go straight over the top of him, and that's all he does. So um, the fact that Brownie is back this week too, I think they'll have, have um, a lot more go forward, um, more so with um, uh, Timmy Manor moving on. Um, sorry, with the old jive of the old heels. Um, <laughs> we'll buy him back. We'll buy. Daniel was saying today, don't worry, we'll buy him back in a decade for about eight on the grand a year, six years, that's 6, six years deal. That's probably coming. <laughs> Buddy Eels, um, but, um, oh, but he's, he's been a stalwart, stalwart for a while. But um, yeah, it, he's, he's been offering you know, not much at all. So um, I wish him the best of luck. But yeah, time to go. Um, looking forward to seeing Brownie come back and, and the, the big pack of you know him and Junior Paulo and the rest of the lads that, um, d- doing the yards and then seeing what our young halves can actually do, mate. So um, I, think the, I think the money's right. I, reckon, I can't believe there's been a eighty for the Eels versus the Broncos. I can't remember the last time I saw a price like that. But, yeah, really looking forward to this game, mate. And I hope we should move up into 7th or 6th spot.
0: I'm expecting a lot more from Gutho this week, which won't be hard, obviously. But I think that Gutho and Sebo can both go well against the Broncos this week. Um, the, the Titans cut them to pieces out wide. And I reckon Gutho and Sibo are pretty decent plays for this week. Um, I'm enjoying the fact that so many people are selling Gutho and Market Watch. He's in the top 10 most traded out. That's fantastic. Let's get him real low-owned, and um, hopefully he goes on a run for me. But on the Broncos side of things, mate, um, Anthony Milford as a VC option. You know, the Eels have been getting a lot of points put on him. Uh, we do have Teddy in the final game. I'm going to consider a VC option, which I can actually execute in this game um, with some other guys playing later that are non-playing reserves that aren't named in their squads. I reckon Milf could put some points on again this week against the Eels.
1: I don't think so. I think mean, having Ferguson back on the wing, and historically that's that's the um, that's the side that the Eels generally the left hand left hand side. Um, unless Milford is going to be travelling a lot and moving right-hand side, I think if that's where the um, Broncos will score, if anything. So I don't see Milford getting one of those large scores, mate.
0: I reckon we just need to um, speak to Seabold and get him to put the prop jersey on Milford, just either 10 or 8 on his back, and he can go over for a try then against the Eels, can
1: of. he? but oh, yeah. Maybe <laughs> he can just give it to a couple. Maybe he could feed a couple from straight through the middle. But uh, look, uh, Brown's back too. Maybe that makes a difference in the middle.
0: Sevo and Oates, I'll be putting money on to score some tries in this one but a pretty exciting game, there could be some points in it I reckon um, I'm not looking forward to the next game too much so the, the Seagulls versus Dragons, I don't have too much Supercoach skin in this one um, for the Seagulls there's actually no changes that are Supercoach relevant and for the Dragons there's not either after they demolished the Bulldogs probably the main things in this one mate, for Manly um, obviously it's going to be Tom Tavoy, watch watched to see how he's travelling and whether he can start to put up some points. But he could potentially be a pod sort of C option if you think he's back in
1: form. Yeah, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, my season's that far gone. I'm just going to slap it on him and see if I can get a round score.
0: Huge, huge. Well, <laughs> for the dragon side of things, um, Ravalawa killed it last week, scored a ton. He actually looked really good. If anyone's held him, or just didn't get to trade him out or whatever, he's going to be potentially a good number for 16, and he's going to make a hell of a lot of cash now. Um, Other than that, though, Corey Norman could likewise, like Turbo, put on a fair few points this week. So
1: he's another watch. Yeah, but you look at a lot of those Dragons that scored well last week, and I think a lot of them overachieved, you know, particularly guys like, um, you know, um, Lomax, who scored twenty-four points in goals and scored tries, try still only touched, what, not even, not even, not, no one near a ton. I think Corey Norman. This is the game I was scared of before. Like Corey Norman, probably a half decent train based on um, his his averages. Apart from those two games where he scored fifteen and twenty, whatever it is i just I would just be concerned about him playing away from home at um at Manly. Manly. Manly just seemed to be shutting super coach relevant players down and winning more games than what they should have been. They're coming seventh and they've they been missing their, their top playmaker all year, as well as Cherry Evans. Yeah, I think I think you can see a different Manly turn up and I don't see St George going very well this week.
0: I've got no idea what'll happen this game, hey. Like I've I've really got no idea. Tom Tom Tavoyevich and Daly Cherry Evans being back in the manly side so really makes them look a lot better on paper, and they were playing pretty well with the Adams. So, I'm probably going to have to tip the just Custer, win.
1: Crush has been going really well too. Like he, he 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 struggled a little bit in the in the in the in the in the first game. It came up with some crush. The second game, he just you could see him trying hard, and then towards the end of the game, be a line a line line breaker and try assist and and a line break and try himself. Um. I didn't see the game last week, but apparently had another try assist and, and uh, line break try himself. So he, I think he's really got that left side covered well. And, and Turbo Turbo and Gerbo love that little off of left side play. So I reckon Cust and Turbo really come up this week. They just destroy that, that left edge.
0: We'll wait and see. Um, I'm more looking forward to this final game, which is the Roosters versus Bulldogs. And I'm hoping that the Roosters are going to put on a lot of points. We've got Mitchell, Crichton... Cordner and Teddy all being named to return in the starting 13 uh, And from the Bulldogs side of things DWZ looks straight in its center Montoya shifts to wing um, Crichton drops out of the side Corey Howard and Ira returns to the bench and probably the only big news for the Bulldogs Billy is CHN now becomes a big sell because as a bench player he's going to start leaking heaps of cash He's 585k odd at the moment He's a very good sell. Um, he's on the top 10 most sold players and I think that this is a week where you just got to get rid of him because he's either going to be on the bench or left right out it looks like.
1: Yeah, I finally a bit before, got rid of him just then. Um, the writing was on the wall when he started rotating um, on the edge. So. And an and attacking edge player playing 60 minutes is one thing but a guy, guy at his price coming off the bench starting with a chooks this week not playing the next buy uh, really wanted to keep him but had to, had to get rid of someone for Bateman, so it was him.
0: Yeah, I was actually hoping that he just wouldn't have been in the side again this week, because I would have preferred just to leave him there in case, you know, pay got moved on or guys got injured or whatever, and he went straight into a starting jersey later on to be another starter yeah. in the centre wing, but this is not going to happen, so going to have to cut him yeah, myself the, this week.
1: Uh, mate, the one player I'm really concerned about, not only this week, is freaking lateral.
0: Yeah, oh, look, i tell you what, Teddy Tupo Mitchell... All of those guys could do really well this week, um, and I wouldn't even be surprised if someone like Angus Crichton goes back into form and goes over for a try against the Dogs. So, the Roosters have lost three on the trot; um, they will be fired up. This is the stronger side that they've had for a few weeks, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw the seed onto Desco this week if I don't do Tom There They're my two options. Can't argue with that approach, mate. So, how much are the Roosters going to win by this week, mate? A bazillion. <laughs> I don't mind it on Sportsbed either. So, on that note, Billy, that's around. Big podcast, but we had to get through the bioplanning stuff. Good luck for this week, mate. Thanks for jumping on again.
1: Welcome, mate. Need all the luck I can get.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you can download us or stream and listen as always on iTunes or SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore Allstars and do share us around. Thanks for the listens and the downloads. Um, Good luck this week with your round, and we'll chat again next week.